Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, really inspired today by a quote that comes from Young Pueblo. Many of you have heard me say before that I like to add quotes or phrases or ideas that inspire me into my calendar at multiple future dates. Because what I found for years and years is that so many things really spoke to me or got my head in a better place. But even if I wrote them down, I wasn't going back to revisit that place where I wrote it down often enough for it to make a difference. So what I started doing instead was creating a calendar appointment, essentially with those words, that picture, that quote, and I would just have it be recurring. And maybe I would do it every other week for a year, or I would do it once a month for two years. But that way, when I start my workday, there is almost always something for me to open as an appointment in my calendar. And I usually just call it, read this. And that way I'm exposed to this picture, this idea, this thought, this quote over and over and over again. And one of those that continues to teach me, to encourage me, to remind me to practice over and over and over is is this quote that I'm referring to from Young Pueblo. And it says, Real maturity is noticing your own inner turbulence and pausing before you project how you feel onto what is happening around you. The first time I heard this, I was like, oh, I could use a little bit of help there. Let me read it one more time and then we'll break it down. Real maturity is noticing your own inner turbulence and pausing before you project how you feel onto what is happening around you. And it was real easy for me to recognize where this has not shown up in my life. Places and times where I've acted with real immaturity and I haven't paused or I haven't noticed my own inner turbulence. I've just kind of accepted it blindly and rolled forward like a freight train. It's easy for me to recognize where and when and how I have projected it onto what was happening around me. So maybe that was binging on food after a stressful day at work, or snapping at somebody that I really love or being rude or unkind because I was tired or overreacting to an email because my buttons had been pressed by something else. 
And if I'm really honest with myself, a lot of the stress in my life has been created because of my own immaturity. It's been created because of situations where I projected my own inner turbulence onto something unrelated and what could have been neutral or even positive became tense or conflict-ridden because of my lack of recognizing, my lack of pausing, my failure to not project onto something else. By projecting turbulence that is unrelated to a person or a situation, I make my life harder, so much harder. And I see that happening in a lot of other people too. It boiled down to, when I first heard this quote, I did not have a practice for not allowing turbulence in another area to spill over into how I cared for myself or how I communicated with others, not only a practice for not allowing it to spill over into something unrelated, but I didn't have a practice of even recognizing when I was in a bad space. I mean, I could feel it, but I didn't question it. It went unexamined. And because of that, because I let the emotion lead me, and I kind of took a back seat to it, it was rippling out and touching so many other areas of my life that were completely unrelated and then creating problems in those areas, either because I made a bad choice or because I wasn't responsible with my communication or I wasn't kind or loving with my communication. And now instead of having the original frustration or the original stressor, now I have additional stressors or frustrations. I uh, told a couple people in the Primal Potential Masters Club about this situation. It was a just a bad moment. I was behind on my work for the day, and I was feeling under pressure. Of course, self-imposed pressure, right? I created those deadlines. And Chris came into my office to say hi, hang out for a bit, and I had some cre- cheese crisps on uh, my desk. And he grabbed a couple and started eating them. And I, (laughs) you would have thought that like he did some egregious thing. I looked at him and I said, can you just leave here with your chewing? And he was like, huh? And I said, all you do is chew and I can't take it. You can't do it in here. He was like, yeah, you need to take a breath here. And I was like, no, you and your chewing, you need to leave. I mean, clearly, right? It's a silly example, but I think we've all been in those moments where we're stressed or frustrated about one thing and we project it onto something else totally blindly. And now, not only was I behind on my work, I felt really crappy about the way I treated him. And certainly he felt really crappy about the way that I treated him. Zero maturity there on my part. Zero awareness that I was kind of in a heightened state and I projected my own inner turbulence creating another problem. And I see this every single day with my clients. People who say like, well, I'm just so tired when I get home or I'm so stressed out or I'm so frustrated that I tell myself I just don't care. Well, those choices you make when you get home at night, eating, drinking, 
sitting on the couch and watching hours of Netflix or losing yourself in Facebook, they're unrelated to why you felt stressed or why you felt frustrated, but you project it and you create another challenge for yourself. People who say like, I'm just so frustrated and I feel like I have so far to go that I just keep putting it off or I just snap at the kids or I don't connect with my spouse or I spend more money than I plan to just to escape and like get a little bit of pleasure or I eat more than I really should. Let me remind you, real maturity is noticing your own inner turbulence and pausing before you project how you feel onto what is happening around you. If we were to break this down, there's so many parts to it. And the reason that I think it's important to break it down is because we have to move this from the realm of idea, interesting observation, to practice. Otherwise, it's just something we know that we don't do. And we've talked about the gap a million times we feel even worse about ourselves because we know that this isn't helpful, but we're doing it anyway. So I always try to turn these ideas into a practice. So if we were to break this down into a practice, we have to recognize all of the parts. Noticing your own inner turbulence. It's not enough to just feel it. Oh yeah, I know I'm angry. Oh yeah, I know I'm frustrated. Noticing is something different. It's kind of a a helicopter view while you're in the maze, but you can say objectively, I'm overwhelmed right now because of work, or I feel like I just don't have any bandwidth left because I didn't sleep well last night, or I had a really tough meeting at work, so I know I'm probably defensive. Noticing, that is the first part of the practice noticing your own inner turbulence, right? And it says, real maturity is noticing your own inner turbulence and pausing before you project. So it's not enough to just notice. The other piece of this practice is pausing. In that moment where I told Chris to leave my office with his chewing, it would be one thing for me to say, I'm just really frustrated because I'm behind and I can't have distractions and you chewing is a distraction, so get the heck out of here. That's definitely the noticing part, but it's not the pausing part. The pausing part is whether it's five seconds or it's five minutes or it's five hours, let me just take a beat before I respond because I recognize that I am overtired because I recognize that I am stressed. I recognize that I'm frustrated. Noticing, pausing, before you project how you feel onto what is happening around you. Are you even aware that that's what you're doing when you overeat after work? Or when you have three drinks instead of the one that you said you would? Or when you go on Amazon and you spend a couple hundred bucks after you told yourself you wouldn't, or you're repeatedly dismissive to your partner or impatient with your kids. Noticing and pausing before you project. Know your own tendency to project. What does that look like? How does it show up for you? 
this is different for everybody, but I can tell you that my tendency to project is usually related to food and communication, right? That's what it is for me. It's not usually spending money for me. It is usually food turning to something that I perceive to be like comfort food or sugar, but also communication. You know, if I'm in the middle of a hundred million things at work and my mom calls, I have a, a pattern in the past that I haven't yet outnumbered with new patterns of being like, I can't talk right now. I have a million things going on. I'm sorry. I'll call you later. Projecting my own inner turbulence onto that conversation or with Chris. Or if I, 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 I often, it's interesting that I'm, I'm much better practiced at work than I am at home. And I wonder if that's because I perceive the stakes to be higher at work, which couldn't be further from the truth, right? Stakes are highest at home because those are the relationships that really make the biggest difference in terms of the quality of my life. But I am pretty practiced at recognizing when I'm not in a good place to respond to emails. If I am feeling rushed, if I am feeling frustrated or stressed or defensive, I won't respond to emails. I just won't because I want to be in a place where I'm calm and I'm open and I'm relaxed and I'm loving. But that is the kind of awareness that we can all bring to communicating with our partners. And every once in a while, I'll say that to Chris, like, you know what? Now's not a good time for me to talk about that. Check back with me in a couple hours. I'm just mentally kind of in another place and I I want to be just more level to have that conversation. But that is an area where I undeniably need more practice. For this to be a practice for you, I think it would be helpful for you to develop where your tendency is to project your inner turbulence. What are you projecting that onto? Is it self-care? It's when you skip your workout. It's when you spend more money. It's when you overeat or you drink too much. Or is it relational? What is it for you? What is it for you? I shared uh, on one of our recent Saturday shows that one of my 12 Weeks to Transformation clients asked me what some of my biggest revelations have been in my own personal transformation. So whether that is getting out of debt or losing a lot of weight, what were some of my biggest revelations about myself or my life? And the one that I shared was the importance of honesty. That was a real breakthrough for me. And I guess more specifically, the realization of how dishonest I had been with myself for so long. Not intentionally, right? I definitely was not intentionally pathological with myself, lying for the sake of lying and doing it willfully. It was more that I wasn't paying attention. I didn't have a standard of honesty. I I wasn't pausing enough to question like, is that even true when I say I don't care? Am I being really honest when I justify ice cream and Mexican food when I so desperately wanted to lose weight? No. I just went with the first excuse or the first realization or the first rationalization, excuse me, that came to my mind without ever questioning it. And most of those excuses and rationalizations were not 
honest. They were not the whole truth. They were some distorted fragment of the truth. And I realized that for any change, one of the keys is honesty. And I believe that to be true with this quote here. We have to be honest about what we're feeling, why we're feeling it, where we have a tendency to project. And without that honesty, we'll probably continue along the same path. Turning this into a practice, I think, requires that we get a little bit more intentional about how we are feeling, especially in those moments of turbulence. Just identifying, I'm stressed because... I'm frustrated because, I'm feeling defensive because, that level of clarity and awareness will go a very long way. It seems very simple, but it is a powerful thing to be honest enough and paying attention enough to notice that instead of just going with it and rolling with it, all right? The second part is, knowing what it's not related to. So it's one thing to say, I'm stressed because of work, but it's not related to food. It's not related to my partner. It's not related to my kids. It's not related to my body. Knowing what you feel, knowing what it is and it is not related to. I don't know if you can relate to this, but oftentimes if I am frustrated or overwhelmed with something at home or something at work, I will notice that my attitude about my body changes. Even if I had been feeling really good about my physical body or my choices, when I am feeling stressed or overwhelmed about something at home, it is very easy to then project that onto my body, even though it has nothing to do with that, you know? and I feel huge, or my eating's been out of control, even if it hasn't been, I'm just taking that emotion that I'm feeling in one area, and I'm placing it on another and creating another problem, in large part because I don't have that practice of saying, I'm feeling this because of this, but it's not related to X, Y, and Z. The most powerful area of practice there for me has been realizing when it is not related to my relationship with Chris. I don't know how many of you have ever had that struggle before, but what I noticed because of awareness, because of things like journaling, because of things like pausing, my relationship was taking on the tone of my emotions from the day. So if it was a really great day at work, things were generally really great at home that evening. But if it was a really stressful day, then I was kind of on edge and defensive. Just recognizing I'm feeling this way because there's 63 unresolved issues at work, not because of anything related to Chris, just that awareness improved my relationship. So knowing how you feel, knowing what it is and is not related to, then practicing the pause. You don't have to react immediately. And I would add to that, the quality of your life and the quality of your relationships, as well as the quality of your choices, will probably go up in alignment with your practice of pausing. Whether that is, I'm going to give it 30 minutes before I go into the refrigerator and grab something, or it is, I'm going to give myself 30 seconds before I respond 
to that comment or I'm going to give it 24 hours before I respond to that email, practice the pause. We love to react immediately. In fact, I think a lot of people, myself included, kind of pride ourselves on having an immediate response. And it can feel almost like, I would say frustrating is the best word, to not react, to not respond immediately. But that pause will make your life, your choices, and your relationships better. So we're practicing the awareness of what we feel, what it is and is not related to, the pause, and then I would add to that, recognize, observe, connect to your desire or predisposition to project and let it creep into another area. When I started doing this with food and with my personal interactions, just I recognize that I have a pattern of turning to food in response to overwhelm, or overstimulation at work. That's not a pattern I want to continue. It's not related to my food choices. I don't want to link those things together. So today instead what I'm going to do is XYZ. Recognizing I have a tendency to be short-tempered with my partner when I am overtired And it has nothing to do with my partner and I don't want to continue that pattern. So today instead, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Even if it begins with just acknowledging that pattern to your partner. Hey, I realize that I'm doing this. I realize that I'm more short-tempered with you, less loving, less patient when I am overwhelmed and I don't want to continue that. I'm working on it and here's how you can help. That in and of itself is good for you and good for the relationship. Asking yourself, what can I practice that is a better alternative, right? When you recognize that you have a pattern of doing this thing that you don't want to do, be really clear. Is that who and how I want to be? And well, maybe I don't know exactly how to change it because that tendency is so strong right now. Can I at least identify two different alternatives? One being do nothing, say nothing, right? That's totally okay. The other being I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to communicate patiently. But don't forget that you don't have to jump to that Your solution, your practice might just be to stay in the pause. I'm just not going to respond right now. I'm not going to react right now. I'm not going to say anything or do anything right now. I was sharing recently with my friend Jen, who is also in the Master's Club, as well as an ambassador inside the 12 Weeks to Transformation. She asked how I was feeling one day, and I, I described how I was feeling uh, as, as similar to a pressure cooker, that at any moment I felt like I could uh, just burst into tears. Could be happy tears, could be totally irrational tears, could be anger, frustration. You kind of don't know what you're going to get. And she shared with me that in one of her recent church sermons, they talked about how if you don't leave margin in your life, you're more likely to blow your top over something that doesn't really matter, right? So if you are to the max with things in your life, experiences and schedules and appointments and this and that and the other thing, you're kind of like at the top of your container. And so when something happens, you're more likely to boil over than if you had more margin, 
And I didn't used to understand that word margin until somebody explained it to me, margin, as the space between your load and your limits. And there have been many times where I was like, well, yeah, sure, it would be nice to have more margin, but I can't. And I think that's garbage. I think everybody can have more margin, can create more space, even if it's just as simple as when I'm driving home, I don't have the radio on, I'm not listening to a podcast, there's not more input, I'm allowing for white space. Maybe I turn on some some soft music, or I just like drive in the quiet. If you're sitting in line, instead of grabbing your phone and adding more in through Facebook or Instagram or the news or email, you just stand there and allow for some quiet space. Those are some of the simplest ways for people who are like, I can't possibly have more margin. Yeah, you can. You don't have to fill every moment with input. Input from TV, from internet, from podcasts, from, you know, conversations. Allow for moments where there's just nothing. And I'll often do this when I'm driving in the car. Typically, I listen to audiobooks or podcasts, but I recognize when I just need a little white space and I'll turn it off and I'll just allow it to be quiet and I'll pay attention to the scenery around me or the pattern of my breathing. Or if I go into the house after a long day of work, I don't need to turn the TV on. And I also don't need to have music going. And I also don't need to have a podcast playing. It can just be quiet. Same thing when I'm showering. Oftentimes, I'll take my phone into the shower and I'll listen to an audiobook or a podcast or something like that. And there are days where I know there's not going to be a lot of white space and I'll just choose to shower in the quiet and just focus on my breathing and how my body feels. There's always time, whether it's something like that or it's going for a walk, meditating, even for 60 seconds. There's not anybody who doesn't have 60 seconds to meditate or just sit quietly and focus on your breathing, right? Take responsibility. Sometimes, uh, some people will think of this in terms of compartmentalizing, like I have to compartmentalize my work stress from my home life, but I think about it more in terms of being responsible with my energy. I'm not being responsible with my energy if I take my work stress stress, and I turn it into overeating. I'm not being responsible with my energy if I take my fatigue and turn it into short-temperedness. The awareness piece of this, I personally find journaling really valuable for this. It doesn't take me a lot of time. It's something I spend just probably anywhere from two to 10 minutes a day. It's usually around the two to five minute mark, but sometimes it gets a little bit longer. Journaling is a really powerful way to build this practice. And because I've been journaling for so long, I'm now better able to kind of do it on the fly without writing it out. As soon as Chris walks into my office, I check, like, is this a good time? Am I in a good space to show up the way I want to show up? And sometimes I just say, you know what? I'm really focused on something else right now. Can you come back in 30 minutes? And when I go home into the house at the end of the night, same thing. Before I leave my office, where's my head at? What's my mental space like? What am I bringing into the house when I go in there? Because I don't want to carry in the baggage from my day, from that email that upset me or that thing that went wrong or that problem that's still not solved. 
It's not about compartmentalizing. It's about being responsible with my energy and awareness is the biggest part of that. Another big piece of it is recognizing the difference between a solution and a distraction. Eating is not a solution to your work stress. It's a distraction from it. And you've created another stressor along the way, multiple other stressors, because it's a physical stressor on your body. And then how many of us have woken up the next day and been like, damn it, why did I do that? Multiple new problems created when we choose the distraction instead of the solution. I want to wrap up just reminding you of this quote. Real maturity is noticing your own inner turbulence and pausing before you project how you feel onto what is happening around you. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.